Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Lovely Rita, meet a maid. Nothing can come between us. When it gets dark, I tow your heart away. Standing by. Well, it will be another Stunning week in American politics. Welcome to the Rita Cosby Show. President Trump announcing a little bit ago, essentially, he's going to surrender to the court, to the Fulton County Jail on Thursday. And first off, I'm not surprised. The deadline is Friday at noon. I didn't think he would do it before the GOP debate, the first one, which is going to take place on Wednesday. But they also set a $200,000 bond on President Trump. Let me get this straight. Liberal DA Fannie Willis of Georgia, just like Alvin Bragg in New York and so many of these other typically soft on crime DAs, they seem to not care about having cash bail. They seem to never care about these kind of things. But yet, suddenly, when it's President Trump, let's make sure we add a cash bail to this one. Alvin Bragg basically is a revolving door. Let's every single, you know, criminal back out. It's like a revolving door of justice in New York. Fannie Willis also has a reputation of that, too, as well. And yet, when the name is Donald Trump, it's like, okay, uh, let's do a $200,000 bond on the former president of the United States. This is just all to embarrass him. This saying, okay, well, you have until Friday at noon Eastern time to surrender or else. What, are they going to bring the marshals down to his house and, like, break down his door, basically like what they did to Roger Stone? I mean, this is pretty amazing. And they also put restrictions on the bond that he is apparently not able to, quote, intimidate witnesses, whether it's verbally, in person, or on social media. So this is where I think it gets pretty tricky, because how are they going to know that that's a intimidation message? If he says, hey, listen, you know, uh, everybody better tell the truth or else, or everybody, I mean, who decides what's intimidation and what isn't? Who decides that it's bullying and what isn't? This is also a part of this effort to muzzle Donald Trump. They basically say it is going to obstruct justice if he makes any sort of threats or anything that could be construed as an intimidation to witnesses. Well, who decides that again? Who's the barometer of what's intimidation and what isn't? This, to me, is just par for the course, and it seems to be very much like what we are seeing in the other courts, all designed to, like, let's see if we can get it to the point where Donald Trump can't even campaign, can't even show up on the campaign trail, 
can't even say a word on social media. Let's see what else we can do. It's 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. And they also can't wait to get the good old mugshot because, remember, the sheriff there said nobody's exempt in our county. So anybody who comes through here, surprise, 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 we're going to get a mugshot. And also cameras in the courtroom for arraignment and all the other stuff because it is a state court. So this is getting interesting, guys, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens on Thursday. Who knows? Uh, There's a chance that it could go up to federal court even before Thursday. There's a very good chance it might. You never know because Mark Meadows, the chief of staff, has filed an appeal basically saying, not appeal, I should say it's a filing, saying that this is really a federal issue. This is not a state issue. And says that there really should be a federal court that's overseeing this. A federal court would be a lot more balanced to President Trump than a Fulton County, Georgia court, which basically, if you look at the populace in Fulton County, Georgia, which is Atlanta, only about 25% max voted for President Trump. I would say the deck is stacked against him. Not as bad as it is in New York or D.C., but the deck is stacked against him. So in the middle of all this, President Trump is also talking about not going to the first debate. He's made it pretty clear he's not going to be there. He's going to be doing counter-programming, doing an interview with Tucker Carlson that's going to air. And he's kind of trying to stick it, I think, to Fox. He's trying to send a message that uh, maybe they won't have the kind of ratings that they would have, certainly, if he was there. And I actually think it is a smart idea in this phase for him not to do it from a strategic standpoint. Obviously, would we love to see President Trump out there? Yes. I think it makes it for a more interesting debate. I'd love to see all the candidates out there. I think it's always interesting. And as a media person, you bet. But if I were advising him, I'd tell him to stay home. I'd say, no, no, no. I would say do something counter like exactly what he is doing. And the reason I say there, come on the show with me. The reason I say it is because there is no upside for him in this first debate. There are a number of people that have qualified, eight people so far in the first GOP primary debate, which is going to be this Wednesday. And if you look at who's qualified, there are a lot of people who you know are not going to make it to the second round. There's no way. They barely made it to the first round. And the first round had 40,000 individual donors. You had to have 1% in a number of national polls. That's a very low bar. It's a much higher bar for the second debate. So if he's going to throw his name in the ring for a debate, then go in for another one. Don't go in for this one. There's no upside. You're dealing with a lot of people who will never have a chance at being the president of the United States, barring some amazing moment. Who knows? I mean, maybe lightning could strike and there could be some interesting moment that happens. But, you know, you're not going to see some of these other folks that barely inked it out on number 1% make it past the first debate. So why put yourself in the ring? Why go into the when you got a bunch of pigs? Go. Why go into the into the ring? The person who gets uh, dirty is the person who wrestles with the pigs and the pigs like it. That's that's the saying. Not that they're pigs. I'm not saying they're pigs. But what I am saying is that. They're the ones who have the upside. There's clearly more fun for them, more advantage for them. And for him, there is no upside, I don't think. 
I do think at some point it should go into the ring, clearly for the general, maybe for the last, you know, primary debate when there's real and and also see where the polls go. Right now he is killing it in the polls. He is doing so well in the polls uh, that there really isn't an upside. He is so far ahead. But you could tell his challengers, like Chris Christie, the former governor of New Jersey, they are trying to bait him. And they're using this line, and they'll probably say it during the debate. This is what Chris Christie has to say about the news that Donald Trump won't be in the first GOP debate. Take a listen. He's a coward. There's no other conclusion to come to that he's both afraid of me and he's afraid of defending his record. And if I had his record, I'd be nervous about showing up, too. I mean, let's face it, guys. By Wednesday, he's going to be out on bail in four different jurisdictions. That really? When are we going to stop thinking that's normal? When are we going to allow our country to understand again that nominating someone who's out on bail in four jurisdictions is not a winning formula? So what do you make of Chris Christie's comment? Nominating someone who's out on bail in four different jurisdictions is not a winning formula. But in a year where they have so politicized the Justice Department, the Democrats, uh, you know, whether it's 20 uh, different out on bail versus four jurisdictions being out on bail, uh, isn't it all political? And if the name wasn't Trump and they feared the person in that number one spot, they'd be going after them, too. They'd try to find anything. They would try to find something on Chris Christie if he was number one. And he knows it. He is just making it his mission because he's angry at Trump to go after Trump. And now some of the others are trying to take this to their advantage. Vivek Ramaswamy is trying to do it in a little more of a delicate way because he looks like he is positioning himself potentially to either get picked as a VP or get picked in the cabinet of some sort. Uh, He's actually coming really close to DeSantis now in a number of polls. So DeSantis should be very, very worried. There was a new memo that just came out recently that showed that Vivek is right there on DeSantis's tail, especially when it comes to Iowa. And in New Hampshire, Chris Christie is number two, not DeSantis. So DeSantis has a lot to win or lose in this debate. And Vivek, and some of these others who are right there in the key position, Tim Scott, Vicky, you know, Nikki Haley. Uh, there's a couple that are in that sort of sweet spot where this debate could be make or break for them. This could be the big moment for them. So Vivek wanted to use it in a little more of a positive spin, clearly, than Chris Christie, but also trying to signaling that he's ready for the debate. Take a listen. This is Vivek Ramaswamy. You mentioned the debates, and you've been chastising the former president for saying that he may not show up at those at least the first two debates coming up in august and september you've also said you'll force him to debate how are you going to do that well look joe biden i think is it is pathetic that he will not debate and his party will protect him from debating now i fully expect to see donald trump on that debate stage it is my expectation trump will be there because as i've known him he's not a man that i know of to be afraid he's not somebody who has made a habit of himself to be a coward. But if he doesn't show up on that debate stage, I think that'll be the best proof that the Donald Trump of today is not the same Donald Trump. Ah, that he's not the same Donald Trump. Uh, See, they're trying to bait him a little bit. That's clear. Although, 
anybody knows, pretty much, if you're in this position, it would be a bit rare to go into the hopper. And right now, let them duke it out, see who goes up, who goes down. Let's see how DeSantis handles people coming at him, Vivek Ramaswamy, some of these others. It'll be interesting because Chris Christie's going to have to take some swipes, clearly, at other people other than Donald Trump. If he wants to move up into the polls and make it to the second round, a lot of them, they're going to have to have a breakout moment. So let's see if anybody is ready for that breakout moment, because right now it is Trump and then way behind everybody else. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Pete in New Hampshire. Pete, your thoughts about all this, my friend. Hi, Rita. I've listened to your monologue, okay? Right? And thank you for taking my call. Always. Number one, Donald Trump is smarter than all of them on the stage, and I'll tell you why. You mentioned pigs. I'll tell you what I do know about pigs and hogs. Donald Trump has enough class and enough smarts, enough strategy to never go. When you're a two-legged human being, you don't dine with the hogs. In other words, you don't, and you don't even gather around them. The, all these people that are on this stage for the Republican Party, all these these people are losers. Chris Christie is a joke. He has his own problems from the past as a governor of New Jersey. Then I'm going to go forward again. Here we go. Ready? Ready. The next thing is, is uh, I'm a mechanical contractor, a plumber by trade. I bet with some people today that need a new oil tank. The last time I remember, I haven't done an oil tank because mostly my work is all around gas, propane and, and natural gas. I went to price a, an oil tank, a simple little oil tank. Before Joe Biden, it was $550. It's now $950. Wow. Trying to, Joe Biden, Joe Biden, this, this administration, this ship of pools, Rita, they're trying to kill this country and take over, and it's all called one-party centralized totalitarian government. If you don't believe it, and you know something else, I told you back then when I called you on your talk show when the the governor of the governor uh, the uh, mayorship of New York City came up, and it was between Curtis Lewa and Eric Adams. See where Curtis Lewa is right now. People in New York City are stupid. Well, you know what? Well, you know what's going to be interesting, Pete, to see what happens in the next mayoral race because uh, if you're talking about the migrant situation, boy, it is a mess. Uh, and by the way, I was talking to Curtis earlier today. Uh, he's planning on another protest. I think it's next Sunday. He got arrested yesterday, which was 79. So I guess he's going for 80 next Sunday. There's another one. Uh, that's going up. So they're they're like popping up all over the place, like like little daffodils, even though they're they don't uh, smell like flowers. <laughs> I'm telling you, the 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 shelters are a mess, just a mess. Um, and in terms of just the situation, you know, they're concrete and putting all the stuff up. It's it's it is a big construction project, and it's taking over so many different different communities. Um, And it seems like every community is dealing with the migrant crisis these days. And listen, I feel so bad for the migrants. It's it's a tough situation. I don't blame them for coming to America. What I do blame is New York saying, come on in and now saying, hey, everybody, you got to pay for it. And why are they here? 
they're here because you put out a sign. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next election. Uh, people may think differently. There's also city council races coming up, uh, coming up shortly, you know, in a few months. That may also tell the tale. We'll see, Pete. Uh, but you're right. Uh, things, uh, I think this has been a big wake up call for a lot of people. And the price tag you just put, people are going to look at their pocketbooks. No doubt. And I think that's going to be a big issue, by the way, the economy at the debate on Wednesday. We're going to continue with your calls after the break, everybody. Pete, I always love hearing from you, my friend. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. 77 WABC. Knock that fire down, 19. Copy, Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. You know you need protein to fuel results, but it's not easy when you're drinking the same bland chalky shake every day. Stop punishing yourself and get to GNC for the best protein in the game, including all the hottest brands and crave-worthy flavors that'll keep you coming back for more. We're talking protein that legit tastes like cookies, your favorite cereals, indulgent desserts, and more. So bust out of your protein rut and actually look forward to those shakes with unbeatable protein at unbeatable prices. Fuel your fitness with protein at GNC. Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And another amazing moment as Trump is, quote, going to turn himself in because Fannie Willis said that he and the 18 others had until Friday at noon. He's planning to do it now on Thursday. Then there will probably be a mugshot, according to the sheriff. And then he'll be out on $200,000 bond. Uh, What an amazing moment. And he also says he is not going to debate on Wednesday night, which... I actually think that is a smart move. It would be great to see him out there on the debate stage and to see the others interacting with him. But I think from a strategic standpoint, it's the right move. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Teddy on line one. Ted, your thoughts. Uh, Good evening. I have a number of things to discuss with you. Uh, First of all, I just wanted to tell you, maybe you can catch it uh, on on demand. On Channel 13, they're bringing back uh, Holocaust survivors in their old age, and they went back there to show where they worked in the the camps. And so it was on on Channel 13 tonight. Oh, how powerful. How powerful. Thank you for telling me, Ted, um, because, boy, obviously it's important to see that history. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Uh, with with Trump, I think it's a glorious day. I think it's justice, and the chickens are coming home to roost. And Pete, I know that you and Norm and DJ and Dom and Jacqueline and the rest of the sycophants that follow him can't 
don't know what it means to think rationally. Why do you either. think, Teddy, Teddy, hang on, though. Let me just ask you. Why do you think it's a good day that a former American president um, is is being asked to turn himself in with 18 others? I, I think it's a sad day for America, and I think it's a sad day for justice. You can, Don't you think it's it's obvious it's pylon? It is a sad day that we have to have a former president to be brought to justice. This has never happened in our history, Rita. You know why? You know why, Teddy? It's never happened because we've never had, I think, such a politicized justice system, at least in modern times. I mean, you can think about some others before that, but boy, in recent times, this one takes the cake. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we get to honor our great law enforcement and, of course, their families. A powerful story coming from Ocean County, New Jersey, where police rescued a woman with a broken leg from a Jersey Shore river after a jet ski crash with her boyfriend. The police rescued the woman who was in distress in the water after a wave runner crash in the river, and it happened Friday late afternoon when a lieutenant and also two officers there from Orange County were patrolling the river when they came upon a female in distress in an unoccupied and an unoccupied wave runner. Apparently, the woman had collided with her boyfriend who was operating another wave runner and she was ejected from the jet ski and into the water. Upon approaching her, she was complaining of a severe pain in her leg, which was later determined to be broken. And in order to rescue her, the officers used a pole to reach out to her. And thankfully, they were able to pull her onto their patrol boat. The woman was then uh, taken immediately to a, a marina and there by EMTs were standing by to transport her to a local hospital for treatment of her injuries. But she was very thankful that law enforcement was there to help her 
and happened to be patrolling that area. So great news that they were able to help her and obviously get her to the hospital as soon as possible. And it's a great example of the different kind of work our men and women in blue do every single day. Well, we're talking about President Donald Trump, who says that he is not going to partake. He said the debates, uh, which could mean all of the GOP debates, could just mean the first one for now, and maybe he changes his mind. Let's see where it goes. The next one's on Fox Business. So he might be more interested in doing it there than on the regular Fox because he's had some issues with the regular Fox. So let's see where it goes. Who knows? It's Donald Trump. He always seems to change his mind. But for now, he is not doing this one and instead is doing an interview that's going to be running with him and Tucker Carlson. And it's interesting because, of course, Tucker Carlson was there on Fox So it's sort of sticking it to Fox in a number of different ways. He doesn't feel that Fox has been so uh, supportive of him or showcasing to him as they have been to others of late. That's his opinion. And so in the middle of all this, now some of the other candidates are seizing the moment, saying that this is a good thing. And I actually think this is great news for the other candidates, because if Donald Trump was there, He absolutely, all the focus is going to be on Donald Trump. It's going to be who can kind of take a jab at Donald Trump. How is he going to jab back? He's always jabbing back at them. Uh, How is he going to, you know, topple them? Is he going to ignore them? There are so many different issues, and it will all be the interaction of somebody trying to take a barb at Trump. But because he's not there, it changes the dynamics big time. And take a listen, because... Republican Perry Johnson of Michigan, who says that he has made the debate stage, um, again, uh, probably just inked it out. But it's interesting because in his case, by the way, part of the reason that he got uh, the 40,000 unique donors, his campaign publicly offered, get this, $10 gas cards for $1 donations in a bid to increase his total number of donors. A number of them did that. Uh, I think it was Doug Burgum of North Dakota, the governor there, who made a deal where it was like, uh, if you do this, I'll give you a flag. Uh, I think Vivek was giving away like gift cards. One of the ones, other ones was giving away like a gift card. But in this case, uh, Perry Johnson, who's a very successful businessman, publicly said, I'll give you guys a $10 gas card if you do a $1 donation. Isn't that interesting? And it was allowed because it was like he just needed X amount of donations. So it's been an interesting campaign season, but he says he is very happy that Trump will not be on the stage so the focus can be on the others. Take a listen to what he had to say. From my point of view, I'm, I'm just as happy. Let's face it. Donald Trump would take up all the oxygen. If you want to get in the real world right now, let's be realistic about this. You take a look at every candidate there. I will even include DeSantis in that. But every candidate is a long shot compared to Donald Trump right now because he's been polling at, what, 52 to 69 (laughs) percent? It depends on how many indictments he gets. Every time he gets another indictment, he tends to go up in the polls. And right now, from a practical point of view, we're sitting over there with everybody on that stage is essentially a long shot. So now with Trump out of it, it can put the focus on the other candidates. This is the best news, quite frankly, for the other candidates, because then they can really focus on their issues. 
They can try to topple the number two. Somebody could try to get into that key number two spot or number three. Let's see where it goes. They're going to have to kind of really showcase themselves as opposed to kind of get lost in the aura of Donald Trump, if you will. So this is going to be interesting. And what I think is really fascinating is MSNBC is saying that they'll be scared, that they would have been scared to actually go after Trump. I disagree with that. But take a listen to what this commentator on MSNBC had to say. I mean, it's not a debate because when you go into a debate, Ali, you go in to win. Right. When I do debates, when I've done debates, I sit and I prepare. I think this is what I want to achieve. I'm going to win. And this is how I'm going to win. Well, they're all running against Donald Trump. To win, they have to beat Donald Trump. They have to go after Donald Trump. They have to call him out. They're not going to do that. Maybe right. Chris Christie will. Maybe Asa Hutchinson will. And by the way, we keep saying maybe Chris Christie will. He has no credibility when he does it. This man was one of Trump's greatest enablers. Yes. Let's never forget that. But the reality is if they don't go after Donald Trump, then they're not really debating, to be honest. Because they're not actually trying to win. They're not actually trying to win. So they're what are either, they hoping? That he just either, becomes incapacitated they're either or running, They're either running for vice president, which some of them clearly are, Nikki Haley, Vivek Ramaswamy, or they are hoping that he disappears in a legal fog and Ron DeSantis, Tim Scott, and they can inherit his voters. Wow, what do you make of that uh, analysis from MSNBC? 1-800-848-9222. 9222. Let's go to Pete. Line three. Pete, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. I was at the rally in Staten Island with uh, uh, Norman, and uh, I tell you, you know, there was almost a little brawl in the parking lot. I don't know if there were teeth or anything, but a couple of biker friends of mine that I ran into put a stop to that before it even started. Oh, wow. so this, this is the uh, this is the migrant uh, protest, the right? Migrant OK, protest. good. I want to make yeah. sure people know. Yep. Right. I got my first chance to ride on the back of a Holly Davidson instead of driving it myself. Thanks to Boots, who was one of the biker girls there. And uh, let me ask you, hey, and, Pete, let me ask yes. you, do you think yes. border is going to be uh, border and migrants is going to be a big issue at the debate? I think it's a huge issue. Don't you? Because people are fed up like you, you know? Yes, I am very fed up. It's terrible. It's not fair. It's not fair to these people either because uh, the housing and everything, there's no jobs for them. And they're going to take jobs of American people that came in the right way. And that's not fair. Now, I feel for them, but they got to do it the right way. You can't just invade a country. And that's what's being done. Yeah, I agree, Pete. Um, And uh, bravo for you for being out there and having your voice heard because it is so crazy. And the cost, and we're going to talk, by the way, later on in the show, too, also about that as well, Pete, because the price tag is just staggering. Now there's a new one. Uh, Floyd Bennett Field is uh, the new one that's getting added uh, to the list. It's uh, There's 200 sites already, and, and that's not enough. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's like it's going to be like every corner of New York City. I have a feeling uh, in a few months because it seems to be taking over every major, major area, wherever there's like a little bit of space. Let's stick in a migrant. Um, and I don't see them coming up with a plan to tell the president to close the border, which is just the most ludicrous thing of all, because they will just keep on coming and coming and coming if they know New York is going to cover the price tab. Uh, let's go to Susan. Line four. Susan, your thoughts about President Trump? And the fact that uh, he says he's not going to debate. 
Well, listen, you know what? This is um, maybe a divine intervention coming together because President Trump is um, voluntarily uh, going to this, uh, you know, uh, circus. um, And people are going to see through. These are all novel, which means these charges have never been brought before by a single a county district attorney in Georgia, no other district attorney in the whole state has joined in. Then the next day, there's going to be a very big, important meeting with Jerome Powell, Biden's, um, you know, he um, appointed uh, Powell to the Federal Reserve chairman, and they're going to see how, how, devastating uh, our situation financially is based on Biden's policies. So this is only going to help anybody who has an inkling and can get through all of the propaganda and see how, how critical our situation is for our way of life. Because if we lose the dollar as our reserve Currency, which is we are on the edge of. And now we also have an opportunity for the Republicans in Congress to use their leverage to stop the printing press, putting us further into devastating debt. And we, we, and so we're the next 60 days are going to be not just, not just, no, it's not just focus on his mugshot because he's going to look great no matter what. I don't care. We know that he, he is being put up as this is a total travesty. Um, and people who don't know that, they are just brainwashed with propaganda because the press is complicit. They are concealing a direct evidence of the fact that our country is being sold. We are so endangered right now. I believe there will be enough people that will stand up. Because well, and Susan, and Susan, by the way, you hit on a lot of Uh, points about the economy and everything else. There are so many huge economic issues. And I think uh, Jerome Powell there at the Federal Reserve, he looks sounds like he's going to raise the interest rates. It looks like again, it's like, oh, my God. Um, And if that's not a testament to what a disaster Biden's economy has been and the prices that you talked about and Pete, who called up at the beginning of the show, was talking about um, one of the uh, the engines, I think it was that he was working on. It was like five fifty originally, and now it's nine fifty. I mean, that just embodies uh, what the price of all these things are, and how Biden's economy. Everybody sees it at the gas, you know, station. You see it at the grocery store. Um, it is a mess, and I think um, it'll be interesting to see. By the way, on the debate stage on Wednesday, when they get to that economy, how they handle that, how they handle border crime in this country they'll definitely i'm sure be asked about trump even if he's not physically there you know he'll they'll be asked about you know what do they think about the charges what do they think of of a number of different things related to him there's no question i'm sure they will so it'll there's it's going to be fascinating and i think it'll be interesting to see how how would they turn the economy around that's a huge issue that affects every single family in this country i'm glad you're talking about it susan because it is very important let's go to phil 
line six. Phil, your thoughts about all this stuff with Donald Trump and more. Go ahead. Good evening, Rita. First of all, I'd like to give my prayers and my wife's prayers for the victims. Zoe, the low and middle income people who died, 16 of them, as opposed to the affluent people. On the hey, other Phil, side of the Phil, aisle. you got to get off the speaking phone. You got to get off the speakerphone. I am off the speaker phone. Oh, you I'm are? You're, speaker. Yeah, I'm, here, you're, I'm hearing your call us back because it's a little tinny. I want to make sure we get a good reception, and I'll definitely take the call. Call us back in a second or two if you could. Uh, let's go to Mark, uh, line eight. In the meantime, in Kansas. Go ahead, Mark. Hey, Aria. There's still quite a bit of support out here in middle America for Donald Trump. I was at a uh, city council meeting today in Marion, Kansas, and there was an older gentleman in the crowd wearing a mega hat. Yeah, I, there and still is. There still is. And look at the numbers. You know, uh, Mark, there was something the other day in um, Iowa where they basically said, I think it's like 54 percent believe, even if he's guilty of the charges, that they'd still vote for him. You know, they, they said it doesn't matter. And then there's others who've said that even if he's in jail, they still think he should run. So. I mean, that just shows how strong the support is and how diehard it is. Um, Mark, thank you very, very much. We appreciate it. Always great to hear from you, my friend. And real quick, let's go to BJ, line four. BJ, your thoughts. Oh, uh, Rita, Donald Trump has already won this debate. Uh, He's going to send his son. His son runs interference for him. Uh, He's 46 percent ahead of the polls. He's the best friend. Uh, the, the rubber room case called up and he start, He mentioned my name again. And uh, the, uh, he's the best friend Israel ever had. Uh, he's the best friend that uh, he's the only uh, person that uh, uh, sent uh, Jake Palige home, a, a war, convicted war criminal, ba- uh, back and kicked him out of the country. There were four of the presidents that this guy um, knew. So he's the best friend Israel ever had. He is super. He's going to win. He's he's won the debate. So why should he go and let chubby, uh, you know, uh, donut boy, Chris Christie and the the rest of them take little uh, nickel and and dime cracks at him? He's already won. Well, and also you never know if there's a change in the in the momentum. But I agree if I were in his position or if I were advising him or something, if I was on his political team or any candidate's political team at this point, Republican, Democrat, I go, wait a minute, uh, you're this far ahead. The only thing you could do is is do something that would hurt you, not necessarily help you. And and weed it out. You heard what I said. Weed it out, too, because there's a lot of these people who will absolutely not make it to the second debate. The criteria for the second debate is much, much tougher. There's a lot of people who will absolutely, they barely made it to this one, uh, inked it out, you know, like hobbled through. So there's no way that they will make it to the next one. And then if he decides to go for the next one or the one after that, at least then he could feel like he's with more, you know, bona fide candidates, if you will. I think everybody has a voice to speak, but why would you risk somebody who's at one percent to take a dent at you? Uh, and and I think there's just so many other things going on right now with all the court cases. Focus on that short term. He's got a pretty busy week, and then I think you see where maybe the second one because I do think it's good. People get to hear his voice, hear what he thinks. But again, I think from a political standpoint, it is the smart move. I agree with you, BJ. 1-800-848-9222. And we'll take your calls, everybody, when we come back. It's the Rita Cosby Show. 77 WABC.
Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Well, it is going to be a beautiful day on Wednesday when you see the debates. I always love the debates, and I say this to you, whether Trump is going to be in it or not, I think it's important to listen to the debate uh, and to hear the perspective. We'll be taking it here, you know, parts of it and analyzing it too as well. Uh, but it's important, I think, to just hear what they have to say. Everybody, it's it's part of this great American process. Uh, you think they have debates in uh, countries like Russia? Do you think Kim Jong-un allows debates in North Korea? Heck no. So I do think it's part of the democratic process. And sometimes there are these amazing moments where somebody who you thought was so far ahead. I think it's obviously different in the case of Trump. He's a former president. But think about the last go round. Like Jeb Bush was supposed to be a uh, boy wonder. And Trump took him out like he was like a domino, like boom. And then the next one was Christie. Uh, we also saw him take out uh, Marco Rubio. Remember Ted Cruz and the whole thing with everything that was going on with Oswald, that whole story on Oswald and his family. Boy, uh, things got wild in the last go round. And I'm sure it will get wild on this one, too, in some shape or form. one 800 848 Two. Uh, let's go to Richard, line one from Florida. Richard, your thoughts. Hey, how you doing? I love your show, Rita. Thank you, Richard. Um, listen, all these candidates should be thanking Trump for not showing up. What are they going to do? Challenge him on his record? We had low taxes, low crime. The border was secure. He was taking on Russia. He was taking on China. What are they going to do? Challenge him on his record? Right. And By the way, happen. you hit it on the head. Uh, they can't really go after that. And if they go after other issues, they're going to also alienate his huge, you know, supporting a base, if you will. You know, they want to still make sure the the folks, the MAGA supporters, the people that are, you know, huge Trump supporters, that they stay with, you know, with them if they're going to move from somebody. So they don't want to alienate them. Um, and like you said, he had a great record when he was president with the border, with the economy, with so many issues And, uh, you know, I think it's good for them. It gives them a chance to stand on their own because he would overshadow them in such a huge way. Uh, Let's go to Tony. Line four. Tony, your thoughts. Do you agree with me and Richard? I do. I think, you know, one of the issues I have with all the candidates, even some of the more seasoned ones, even like Ron DeSantis, is that with all that's going on in this country, um, 
I I tend to think a lot of them are very nonchalant about about everything. And I think they need to get some spunk and this will be good ground rules. I mean, right now, our president is going to be going to another indictment and they seem to think the world is good and they have something to sell. Yeah, you know what? It's a great point. They got to light a fire under their behinds and show that they're worthy of the task because this is a tough time to be president and they got to step up and see if there's a miracle moment for them. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Later on in the Rita Cosby Show, we are going to be taking your calls about the mess of the migrants. And I say that because there are over 200 facilities where the migrants are now being housed. So many hotel rooms are taken over by the migrants. And, of course, there are new locations popping up everywhere uh, one of the latest is Floyd Bennett Field. It's an airfield in Brooklyn, uh, and the federal government had to say, okay, well, uh, state, you can lease it because it's a large property, and they want to put thousands upon thousands. New York State is going to pay for it. Kathy Hochul basically saying a little bit ago that most of the migrants she anticipates will stay in New York City. She is trying to fight it because she says for now – A lot of these other counties don't want to take the migrants, and she's contesting the sort of right to shelter and not shelter, all these issues taking place in other counties, and the fact that many of these other counties do not want the migrants. So she's justifying it by putting in these large locations like an airfield. Uh, Also, Randall's Island is another location where they've already started setting up everything there, and there are already migrants at that location Uh, mostly all single adult men. And that seems to be the case in almost all of these different locations. Um, For example, like the one with, you know, Randall's Island, they already have uh, at least 250 are there. There's also the facility at Creedmoor at the uh, uh, asylum. That is basically almost filled to the rim. Uh, Tents filled with about close to eight, nine hundred Cots are filled. They expect to have about a 1,000, so they're already almost at near capacity there. As I mentioned, also Randall's Island has quite a bit. And there was a migrant the other day who was asked, hey, what is your message for President Biden? What do you think about this new facility? I'm talking about Randall's Island where the price is $20 million a month is the price for this mega tent city where it's like cot after cot after cot. It's a sea of cots. At Randall's Island, and we're going to see a sea of cots that looks like all over New York City, thanks to the policies of the sanctuary city politicians. And the message was, gracias, presidente. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And you think if that doesn't dissuade people 
from coming here, it's going to be like, uh, thank you, Mr. President, and I'm sending my 500 relatives and friends to come next week, too, because the numbers are up at the border, in fact, up exponentially. And it comes at a time where the temperatures are up. Usually it drops a little bit at this time. But instead, they're getting the word that they're getting free stuff. So keep on coming. And you're not hearing really any Democratic leaders basically saying, you know what? President Biden, close the border. All you're hearing is, can we get some more money? Can we get some more facilities? Can we get that big airfield? The Floyd Bennett field? What could go wrong? A thousand men? And it's not too far from the beaches. Uh, that could be a problem. I mean, you could just imagine what's going to be going on. This is not a pretty scene. And in the middle of all this, Secretary Mayorkas, he, of course, is the head of Homeland Security. And here he is recently with an MSNBC anchor. And if you would ask, what is the biggest threat? Obviously, an open border is an enormous threat. We're going to feel the repercussions for generations to come. Crime. There are so many issues that I would throw out there for what is the biggest threat. And yet he goes, says, you know what? Forget about all that stuff with the migrants. Nothing to no problem with fentanyl. Don't worry about this climate change. That's the issue. Take a listen to this one. Former DHS Secretary Jay Johnson, someone who has held your role before, has told me he believes the climate crisis may be the greatest threat to U.S. national security. Do you agree with that? I think it is one of the most prominent threats that we face. I think it's one of the most prominent threats we face. I actually think Alejandro Mayorka staying as Homeland Security Secretary is one of the biggest threats America faces. That guy has been a total disaster. I can't believe he's still in power. I'm surprised they haven't impeached him already. It is such an abomination what he has done to the border, obviously, at the behest of the Biden administration. He's obviously following orders, but it has been one great sham, and it has been a national security disaster. And I would put it well ahead of anything to do with climate change or any of these other problems that he seems to think are the gravest threat to the United States. It just shows to me how clueless he is. Meantime, as I mentioned, Governor Kathy Hochul of New York saying that New York will have to pay for Floyd Bennett Field. It's this big airfield that at one point was bustling with, you know, commercial and private and a whole bunch of other uh, aviation now is wide open. Uh, There's hobbyists and a couple others that use it, but it is a big location. But she was basically saying a little bit ago how great it is that they got this airfield And it's only going to cost, you know, millions upon millions of dollars to house migrants there. And isn't this great? And what she's planning on doing also is also having another $20 million assigned to kind of expedite so the migrants can try to get work permits and get out and get asylum earlier. So help them process asylum as opposed to saying, let's send them back. As opposed to saying, let's push and do some efforts to try to close the border. No, they're just incentivizing them to come more. Take a listen to what New York's governor said. We will be having to pay for the installation of a large facility. You see the large white structures that literally have air conditioning and heat and you know, amenities and uh, you know, bathroom facilities, etc. So it's, it's an environment that 
can be suitable for now, short term and longer term if necessary. My message is I want them to start earlier. We're in a crisis situation. I have farmers that need crops picked in the next couple of weeks. I need the workers. I need the workers. So we're going to just kind of keep expediting as many as possible and put the burden on New York State and New York City taxpayers. Boy, isn't that wonderful. At a time where think about all the money that could be used towards a border wall, all the money that could be used to help veterans, help homeless citizens in New York and other major cities across this country, as opposed to, God, we need more money so we can keep housing more. I'm waiting for them to fill Madison Square Garden. I'm waiting for them to fill a summer stage at Central Park. Uh, That's a big space. Is the whole Central Park going to become one big tent city soon? Based on the way they are operating, it sure looks like it. How sad is that? And who's going to ever want to come to New York City or any of these other cities if they've all been overridden by 10 cities? And then they wonder, oh, well, it's, you know, this is, we just got to kind of keep on going. Just keep going. What about using Title 42? Title 42 is a health provision. There are so many health issues with a lot of these people coming together who've never been vetted for criminal or health issues. Then they're suddenly in a tent with a thousand other single adult men. And, you know, if there's any sort of disease or issues that they have, I'm sure it's not being monitored. This is a mess. This is an outright mess. So you can bet that that is going to be one big, huge issue on the debate stage when the Republican candidates finally get a chance to debate on Wednesday night this week. It's going to be interesting. Again, Donald Trump not participating But you can bet they will be asked about President Trump. They'll also be asked, I'm sure, about Hunter Biden. Now, there's been a lot of new details coming out about Hunter Biden, especially word of those aliases that Joe Biden was using. Joe Biden was using at least three different aliases on these emails that he was doing when he was vice president of the United States, ceasing his son and ceasing the president of Ukraine. Does that seem ethical in any shape or form? And we're talking tens of millions of dollars. And James Comer says that he expects to get a whole bunch more bank records soon. He also wants those unredacted versions from the National Archives that could show who was Joe Biden talking to. It just it is so fishy that somebody would use that kind of information. And I want to play. This is cut 30. This is earlier today on Cats and Cosby. Ari Fleischer, the former White House press secretary under George Bush, had this to say about all those aliases. Can we all stipulate the man is hiding something? (laughs) I mean, the old expression where there's smoke, there's fire. Well, where there's an alias, there's somebody in hiding. And what is it they're hiding? It begs the question, what is he hiding? Why would you use? I said to him, my question was, Is there any circumstance where you could see those aliases being used? The answer is no. There's no reason. It was like, okay, you've been in the White House. You know how it works. Does a president sometimes like to keep things private? Is there some legitimate thing we're missing? No. He's hiding something. And it's so bad that now even CNN is admitting that, wow, this really doesn't look good for Hunter Biden. Take a listen. And uh, Kristen, uh, Glenn Kessler from the Washington fact check about Joe Biden uh, from earlier this month 
um, noting that Hunter Biden admitted in court in July that he was, in fact, paid substantial sums uh, from Chinese companies. Kessler wrote, Hunter Biden reported nearly $2.4 million in income in 2017 and $2.2 million in income in 2018, most of which came from Chinese or Ukrainian interests. But this, and this directly goes against what Joe Biden said in the debate in 2020 uh, with uh, Donald Trump. Trump was right. I mean, he did make a fortune from China, and Joe Biden was wrong. I don't know that he was lying about it. He might not have been told by Hunter, but this blind spot is a problem. Yeah, it sure is a problem. And even if Jake Tapper at CNN is acknowledging it, that's how bad it is. Uh, who knows where it's going with Joe Biden, because this is really about to explode, depending what kind of documents James Comer gets, what the GOP decides to do when they come back from the break. You know, they have their August recess. That's going to wrap up soon. So will they push for an impeachment inquiry? Will they get some details in these bank records and other things? And will they finally say, hey, enough is enough? What are your thoughts, everybody? Because, boy, there's a lot of details. And there's even efforts that it looks like by the Hunter Biden team and others to try to go after the whistleblowers, question their credibility. And there was a report over the weekend, too, that said that they were also saying that one of Hunter Biden's attorneys said, well, if you're going to pursue these charges, essentially, we might even put the president, President Joe Biden, on the stand. And then it could be a constitutional issue, if you will, because he would go up against his Justice Department. And a lot of people took that as sort of a a veiled threat, if you will. To put the president of the United States, basically, don't go there. Don't even go on charges. And there were reports that David Weiss was not planning on doing any charges, essentially, against Hunter Biden. And it wasn't until the whistleblowers, those IRS whistleblowers, Gary Shapley and Joe Ziegler came out and testified that they thought, oh, boy, uh, I guess our cover is blown. And now we have to do at least something even if it looks like we can wrap it up in a plea deal or something else. So uh, the plot really thickens, if indeed that's true, that they were just going to give him a total pass. And it wasn't until a whistleblower came forward that they decided that, oh, well, maybe uh, maybe our cover is blown. So th- the plot thickens. It's going to be interesting to see where all this goes. Meantime, this week, uh, nothing happening to Hunter. Uh, Joe Biden so far. Not an impeachment inquiry yet at this point, but it looks like we're inching closer and closer. Instead, you have Donald Trump and 18 others, his attorneys, his attorneys who were defending him, uh, who will be now also put on bond, too. He'll be out on bond. I think John Eastman has a $100,000 bond. Uh, there were reports earlier, Trump himself on a $200,000 bond is what they had agreed. I mean, this is an amazing moment. Former president of the United States. Put on bond, 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222, and we'll take your calls when we come back. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show, 77 WABC. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show. The 
This is Hunter in the red Corvette, life in the fast lane. He was going, what was it? Wasn't he going like 120, remember, in, in that video and smoking something? Maybe it was Parmesan cheese. 1-800-848-9222. So where do you see everything going this week with the debate? And do you think that Joe Biden, by the way, is still going to be the candidate? He just came out with a story. Uh, You got to hear this one. He comes out with this story talking about how his home was basically lost in the fire uh, that he had years ago. Uh, This is what he's telling everybody in Maui. Turns out his house just had a little fire in the kitchen. And apparently they put it out in 20 minutes. It didn't spread beyond the kitchen. Is that an appropriate story to be saying when you get just on the ground two weeks late in Maui? And these people have lost everything, including family members. It's just, he makes the most bizarre, inappropriate comments. Uh, but he is the gift that keeps on giving, it seems like. Uh, it's like, what did he just say? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Dom, line eight. Dom, your thoughts about all this, and especially with Trump this week. Yeah, Rita, I wasn't going to call, but uh, I called to respond to Ted and tell him, that I am a Trump sycophant and proud of it. <laughs> yeah, Ted said at the beginning of the show, to those sycophants, he was gleeful. He was down, yeah. he sounded like he was skipping in his kitchen, that he was so happy Trump was going to be, uh, you know, was going to have to go through the processing again and turn himself in. And I said, it's a sad day in America. I mean, for anybody who thinks that this isn't a pylon, are you kidding me, Dom? I mean, this is like so politicized. Well, you know, I'm not, not, I'm not saying that not because of all the imperfections of Trump, but because of what's being done to him. I think Fulton Fami should subpoena Ted as a witness for the prosecution. And as soon as Ted opens his mouth in that open court, Trump's lead will move up by 10 points, and the country will realize Ted needs psychological help. Right? might start calling him Torpedo Ted. you know what but it's interesting ted always surprises always something interesting uh he's sure uh you know even even if he's drinking the kool-aid it's interesting to hear his perspectives which i always appreciate everybody but dom thank you you're terrific my friend let's go to betsy line five betsy your thoughts hello um as, as to the debate they have to promise to endorse whoever it is and they have to promise not to be in any debate not run by the RNC. So there's plenty of reasons for, you know, President Trump not to do that. But my other comment is that the sheriff in Atlanta kept saying how he's open 24 hours a day. So I think it would be great if Trump and Rudy turned themselves, you know, presented themselves during the debate time on Wednesday. Ah, that would be really interesting. That would be so Cool. Yeah, that would be in. That would be and, and announce it. So there's the big it's like, you know, like we've seen the last couple of times. It's like the the movements, you know, everywhere he goes. Um, that would actually be really interesting. Turns himself in Wednesday night, uh, alerts the media. So it's like a wall to wall movement from here to here to here. Uh, the flight from, you know, it'll be from New Jersey uh, there into Georgia. Then, you know, maybe comes out and does a press conference afterwards, Betsy. Uh, that actually could be interesting, and it might be like Trump to do something unusual like that. I could see it. You never know, Betsy. You never know. You may be spot on. We'll continue with your calls after the break. 
The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, where we get to honor great veterans and also their families, a beautiful celebration coming from Chicago, Illinois, where, by the way, it is such a sad truth that we are losing so many of our heroes who belonged to the greatest generation, according, by the way, to the World War II Museum and the Illinois Veterans History Project. There are just over 6,000 thousand World War II veterans still alive in the state of Illinois. On Friday, one of the oldest was honored at Jesse Brown VA Hospital as John L. Jones celebrated, get this, his 104th birthday. What an amazing, amazing moment that he is around. Uh, The hospital chief of staff served as party host, honoring Jones with the appropriate centenarian swag, including but not limited to a signed letter from the Secretary of Veterans Affairs. Uh, The doctor said to Jones, quote, we appreciate your service. We're proud that you're one of our patients, our staff. We're so excited to throw you a birthday because, like I said, we don't get to do this that often. And when we have a chance We love honoring great heroes like you. How beautiful uh, that he is celebrating his 104th birthday and to see the state of Illinois and the country honoring this great member of the greatest generation. Well, we are talking, of course, about what's going on with President Trump. Also, President Biden, uh, who's got a mess on his hands, if you think that Trump's got his hands full with all the different legal cases, and there is a lot that he's juggling. Uh, Well, the plot is thickening on the Biden side now uh, because a House panel, by the way, in the last few hours subpoenaed IRS and FBI officials who were part of a key meeting with the Hunter Biden prosecutor. Remember, the guy who's now the special counsel, David Weiss, uh, apparently was in a meeting Last year, where he told people in this meeting, according to the IRS whistleblowers who testified, uh, that he was not able to basically bring charges against the first son, Hunter Biden, outside of Delaware, that he wanted to try to get charges elsewhere, but he couldn't get them. That's according to the whistleblowers' testimony. Weiss has changed the story a bit, but basically has denied that. So what the House is saying is, let's get other people who are in the meeting. So now they're subpoenaing other FBI officials, other IRS officials, and trying to get details from them to see if they will corroborate what the whistleblowers have to say. But I'm happy to say that at least they're following up on these allegations from the whistleblowers because, boy, is it serious, serious stuff. And the plot is, again, thickening because now there's word that they also try to basically threaten Congress and threaten others and saying, oh, well, you know, we're I'm not sure if we're going to be able to hand people over. Uh, I'm not sure if David Weiss is going to be available anymore. Uh, he was supposed to come at some point in the next few weeks. Now maybe he may be a little busy because he's the special counsel 
a lot of people saying, why is this guy the special counsel? Uh, to me, I actually thought it was a joke when he was appointed special counsel. I really did. I thought there's no way that they would put this guy who there's already a lot of allegations against him by these whistleblowers. Why would you put that guy? It just doesn't make any sense. So you know that that is going to definitely be a topic at the debate when the debate happens on Wednesday, the first GOP debate. The other issue is going to be border, border crime, um, also the economy. There's a lot of things, foreign policy with Joe Biden. Boy, what a mess things are right now when you think about how crazy the country is, how crazy the world is, and how uncertain the world is. And definitely the border is going to be a huge issue. If you look at what's going on today, there were a number of key governors who went to Texas and they met with Texas Governor Greg Abbott and went to look at the buoys. These are these temporary buoys that Texas put up uh, in the Rio Grande to block people from coming across. So what does the DOJ do? Not only do they want an open border, they don't want anybody trying to close the border. I mean, you can't make this up. This is like insane. We are really living in, I use the expression, la-la land, because it's just unfathomable to me that we're in a country where the president of the United States and his Department of Justice are consciously trying to make an effort to keep the border open. And anybody who tries to block it, is getting basically taken to court. And that's what's happening with Texas. Texas said, you are derelict in your duties. You've left us, you know, vulnerable. So we have to come upon a way to protect ourselves with these temporary buoys that they put up at taxpayer, at Texas expense. And now they're fighting with them to try to take it down. So a number of the governors came today and met with Governor Greg Abbott. And this is what Nebraska's governor had to say when he got a look at the buoys at the border. This is what he had to say firsthand. I'm a pig. I'm I'm a pig farmer. It's hogwash, pun intended hogwash. The buoys are a deterrent. They don't cause a Band-Aid. And if they do, I say, what the heck? Stay on your side of the room. The misrepresentation of who's coming. I mean, we are fighting cartels that are trying to kill our kids, kill our kids. That's one thing in the United States we all surely agree on, right? Is our kids, that we're gonna protect our kids. So my message is simple. We have to do the work and Biden administration, federal government, do your dadgum job. Common sense solve this problem. Follow the leadership of Governor Abbott. Thank you. Thank you, Governor. And Governor Kim Reynolds of Iowa, which is obviously a very key state, this is what she has to say to the Biden administration. What is unhumanitarian is President Biden's unwillingness to address uh, the open border and the crisis that we're seeing at the southern border. It is unconscionable the number of young girls and women that are being exposed to to different Sex, used as sex traffickers and what they're doing to those, these children, that's what's unconscionable. And the number of drugs that are coming across the border and infiltrating our state. Every state is a border state right now. It's not just Texas. We're seeing tremendous increases in the number of drugs, fentanyl, uh, meth, and cocaine. Uh, 500% increase in fentanyl in just since 2020. So that's what's unconscionable. We're going down to help Governor Abbott secure this border. Uh, that is the constitutional duty of the president, and he is not fulfilling his constitutional duty to protect this country and its citizens. I agree. He has been completely derelict 
in protecting our border. And this should be an enormous issue at the debate. And I think it's a very key issue for the Republican Party, whether you're talking about what's going on on the federal level, but also on the different state and city levels. I mean, as as much as crime is still obviously an enormous issue and was a big issue in the last election, I think the migrant issue is also going to be a huge issue for the Republican Party. And you can see these shelters are popping up everywhere now, these migrant shelters. And you've got the migrants going around bragging to each other and putting out the word, thank you, President Biden. Thank you. We love you, President Biden. Thank you. Thank you for bringing us here. We love you. Meantime, New York residents are fed up. There was another protest that took place over the weekend in Staten Island at a location that used to be a location for seniors. Now they're planning on potentially putting migrants up there. They're also looking at this former airfield. Apparently it got cleared. Uh, There are reports there still needs a few more steps, but they're looking at this massive airfield that apparently the federal government has allowed uh, Floyd Bennett Field, which is in Brooklyn, and the state would pay for it, uh, basically lease it to the state. It's a huge airfield, and it would cost uh, millions upon millions of dollars a month. Randall's Island alone, they're saying, is about $20 million a month. And in addition to all of that, they would want to spend about that amount, too, as well, to help process and get people through the system quicker so they can help them seek asylum, they can get jobs. Uh, Nobody's saying seal the border. So is this just like an endless stream of money and you're going to take it away at a time where they're talking about city services being cut back? People are fleeing these major blue cities across America because they're fed up with taxes and crime and the quality of life. And yet suddenly the migrants, it's like, come on in, what else can we give you? And we're not turning you around and we're not telling you not to tell your friends to all come here, too. This is a really scary thing. There is no end in sight. And that's why this is so incredibly troubling. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Phil in the Bronx on Line 8. Phil, your thoughts about all this? Can you hear me, Rita? Yep, yep, you sound great. Go ahead. Thanks, Bill. Okay, look, you've got to deal with Biden and Trump. They're, they're neck and neck on a race. One's going to get impeached and one's going to get indicted. The point is, this thing with Trump, I think, is going to, going to fade out because you've got him and 18 defendants, and each one of them is going to put on a dozen or two motions through their lawyers, and that's going to take at least, 30 to 40 months before there's a trial. He'll be president by then. Hopefully, they'll advance with the thing with Biden and get him the hell out of here because he is he has completely abrogated any sense of responsibility for the border, for the economy, and other things with fentanyl. And it's just, it's just I, I think that what we need, to tell you the truth, we need about 50,000, 60,000 people to go down to Washington stand in front of the White House and scream bloody murder. That's the only way to make this guy hear anything and and start thinking about what he's doing. You know, it's amazing that that has not happened yet, Phil, that, you know, I I can't imagine. I mean, you see what it's like in New York. I cannot imagine what it's like uh, every day, like in Texas and some of these other places. 
And I am amazed that they haven't sent the buses also back, by the way, not just people protesting, but also sent the buses back. Uh, I mean, think about how different it would have been if Mayor Eric Adams and all these other mayors that are, you know, complaining about the migrants coming after they telegraph they want a sanctuary city. To, what if they had sent them back and sent them in front of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue or to the Naval Observatory where Kamala Harris lives, you know, the vice president? Uh, I, it's amazing that they have never done that. And all they keep doing is saying, hey, we need more money for more space. Uh, you're right. They need to speak up and other people need to start speaking up and, and protesting and saying enough. Take care of American citizens. Because what's so scary, Phil, is we're going to feel the repercussions of this for generations to come. I mean, even if they close, if they close the border tomorrow, Phil, you know, where where are the millions of people that have come in that we have no idea who they are and where they are? Trojan horse. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. One thousand percent. Phil, thank you. I'm glad you called back. Thanks so much, Phil. Let's go to Mike. Line one. Uh, Mike, your thoughts. Phil had some great points. Go ahead, Mike. Mike, go ahead. Yep, there you are. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You know what? The whole thing is turning into a hot mess. Uh, The border's wide open. It continues to happen. A drug cartel, uh, you know, they're doing everything in Mexico. And Joe Biden, you know, uh, it is a Trojan horse, like Liz Cole said. You know, I I think it's just a matter of time before impeachment proceedings begin. And, you know, uh, between... Joe Biden, the Democratic devils, Hunter, and everything. It, it's it's such, it's such a bizarre, you can't make it up. You can't make it up, you know. Um, well, and wow. also Phil said at the beginning, uh, there may be one who's impeached and there may be one who's indicted. It's like, it, it is really, we're, we're living in unprecedented, surreal times. And and then you've got a, a wide open border. We've got some a president who seems to be killing American energy, and his son is accused of uh, you know trying to infiltrate and help uh, the Chinese and the Russians get their footing in energy in this country. It's like it, it, this is going to be the wildest election time uh, I think ever in American history. It truly will. There, there's going to be still so many twists and turns. And let's see what happens with some of the bank records there, because there's still a lot more uh, of things I'm sure that we don't know that we need to get to the bottom of, Mike. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And you know what? I hope when he's impeached, uh, get an ice cream cone, Joe. You know, you know th- th- that's, that's your favorite prop. Get an ice cream cone, trip on a step, and eat that ice cream cone, and everybody in the country will be laughing, giving you a round of applause. Get the hell out. You know, it's long overdue. Get the hell out. Things have to change. Yeah, and by the way, Daddy loves you. Remember, Mike? That's what he said the other day. That was that was the most bizarre thing. Do we have that? Let's see if we can find that. That was the most bizarre statement. Uh, you know, he's up there and supposed to talk about something serious, and he comes out and, and he starts talking to the kid about ice cream again, and then and then whispers. It was just it was so creepy. Here it is, Mike, as a tribute, since you and I uh, we don't like ice cream as much as he does. Here it is, Mike. And I want to say one thing to your children. I know some really great ice cream places around here. <laughs> and Daddy owes you. Yeah. So talk to me afterwards. Daddy owes you. I had to get it correct. Mike, Mike, you can't make yeah. this one up. <laughs> no, no. Rita, go ahead. Oh, no, go I was, ahead. you go ahead, Mike, please, real quick. 
it, it is just, you know, you're winding down your show, and it's excellent. And you know what? It's a hot mess, and everything is going to implode with the Democratic devil donkeys throughout the country. Enough is enough. It is. It, it is. And, and uh, it just seems the priorities are so out of whack for Americans, and that should be our priority and the president of the United States' priority. I mean, he's not the president of Zimbabwe or the president of, uh, you know, of Ghana uh, or the president of uh, Haiti. He's the president of the United States. So uh, maybe you might want to make America the priority, Mr. President, and American security the priority. Uh, It's just it is shocking how many of his policies have just been downright detrimental, not just for this generation, but generations to come. 1-800-848-9222. And Daddy loves you, everybody. Daddy owes you, too. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. 77 WABC. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And we are talking about the migrant crisis in America, which continues to get worse, it seems, every single day. And now they are talking about making Floyd Bennett Field in Brooklyn to become another migrant facility. Thousands upon thousands of cots, probably single adult males, and again, paid for this one by the state, but taxpayers ultimately paying for so much of this, for basically all of this. Where does it end? It seems like every day we're hearing about a new facility. There are about 200 different locations that now essentially are housing migrants in New York City. Some of them hotels, some of them former soccer fields. Now we have an airfield that is going to be leased essentially to the state from the federal government. This is such a mess. Think about the millions upon millions of dollars that are being spent on migrants what we could be doing if we were using it for American citizens, like our homeless veterans. And at this point, where does it end? Where are the Democrats who are saying, Mr. President, maybe it's not a good idea to have an open border. Maybe you need to shut that border. Why don't they maybe start sending the migrants back to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, putting them in front of the White House? Let's see how President Biden likes it then. Because how do you think New Yorkers feel with now word that there's migrants and these different migrant facilities all over the city? And school, of course, is starting. There's a lot of migrant kids that are going to be going into classrooms. They haven't been vetted uh, for health issues. We don't know the criminal history of their families. Uh, They're going to be thrust into classrooms with other students. Many of them, again, don't even speak the language. They don't speak English. Uh, It's hard for the migrant kids, and it's also hard for the American kids. I mean, there are so many issues here. There's so many security issues. There's health issues. 
And again, there's huge financial issues at a time where these liberal cities are busting at the seams. And we're going to start spending more money on the migrants. It is like an endless stream. And unless you even start to think about plugging the hole and closing the border, it is just going to keep on coming. It's not going to be a little stream. It's going to be a waterfall. And they're all hearing New York. Come on in. Free this. Free that. They're hearing now, oh, wow, an airfield? Oh, gosh, there's plenty of room. We can get free this. We can get free that. We can get a facility. Maybe there's another airfield that's open. Maybe there's another. What about Central Park, Madison Square Garden? What is next? It sounds like everything is on the table. And that is trouble for American citizens. And it is just a mess. We cannot sustain it. New York can't sustain it. America can't sustain it. And this president doesn't seem to care. And liberal leaders just keep asking for more money as opposed to closing the border. Where are their priorities? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And we will talk more about this tomorrow for sure. Everybody will also preview the debate, which is going to be on Wednesday. Border is going to be a big issue. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.